I wonder what it was like being Jerry West in 1960, a 22-year-old from a small town in West Virginia that had just returned to his home state after winning a gold medal in the Rome Olympic Games. The following day, he jumps on a plane and heads from West Virginia to Los Angeles, landing at LAX. The Lakers put the future of their franchise up in a seedy motel on Century Boulevard. Like, what is up with that? Then Jerry was off on a 15-day, 11-game, barnstorming-style trip with the Boston Celtics. 11 games in 15 days against the same team. That's one way to get a rivalry started. Jerry West has always been on the side of civil rights and social equality. His teammates and friends were people who resonated most with them. One in particular was Elgin Baylor. Baylor was a high-flying forward out of Seattle University, the number one pick in the 1958 draft. Now Jerry, the number two pick in the 1960 draft, and Baylor, they formed a dynamic duo that took the Los Angeles Lakers to six NBA Finals in the 1960s where they lost each and every time to those dreaded Boston Celtics. It was West and Baylor, and we can't forget the voice of the Los Angeles Lakers, Chick Hearn, who were the pillars of what would become the greatest franchise in sports history. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Please note, this interview was recorded on November 9th, 2020. This is part three of four with basketball legend Jerry West. You, you've always been uh, a person who's been looking back on the right side of social justice and a genu- genuine concern for for anybody. And um, I guess I'm wondering, is that something that maybe was reinforced in the Olympic Village? I, I, I kind of feel like the Olympics present an opportunity for young people many times <laughs> to see and feel things that they wouldn't normally. Uh, and, and they have a better sense of social justice when they came out on the other side. Um, I don't think that was the start of it for me, but I was raised where, you know, you taught everyone, treat, you know, you treated everyone the same. Yes or no, sir. Thank you. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big part of, uh, I think the most important part of my, me growing up, mm-hmm. uh, how you treat people, how you interact with people. But I think, <clears throat> I think that probably the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my life with regards to, um, race uh, was when I was playing. Mm. Uh, we had a number of uh, players that were black and um, we would, after games then, there might be eight or ten guys in one room. And I always seemed to resonate uh, and felt a closeness with two or three guys on that team. And I just loved Elgin Baylor as a person. Mm-hmm. Okay? I absolutely loved him and admired him uh, for a lot of different reasons. but. Uh, sitting around talking then, it, it's, you know, you talk to guys who've gone to school for four years. Everyone had to go to school for four years. <clears throat> and I think there was a difference in uh, not the playfulness that athletes have 
with each other if you like each other. Uh, but there was some kind of a, I love information. I sure. love to ask questions. And that was a perfect opportunity for me to ask questions about race. And mm -hmm. I got to have a better feeling, a better understanding. But um, I think the one thing that most people probably would never guess with me <coughs> is that I'm a huge reader, yeah. huge reader. And I love to read about, you know, people that I think are important in this world. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, most of them at this point in my life have been about our black leaders uh, throughout yeah. the world. Um, I just got through reading a book uh, the other day because this has been so in the news about the con uh, confirmation hearing of, of the Barrett lady mm -hmm. who is now on the Supreme Court. This one was Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall, yeah. And if you read his story about him trying to be selected to the Supreme Court, you realize what an extraordinary human being he was, how smart he was. And for him to step there and be grilled by people who were segregationists, okay? Yep. Being called everything except a human being. Mm -hmm. This was in 1958. Yeah. And people should read uh, about race. They should read about this, this country. Uh, they should, you know, the Jewish people have never <clears throat> let the Holocaust be forgotten. Yep. And I think there's... Today, there's so much more information of 400 Available. years of slavery. Mm -hmm. And there's the new uh, muni uh, uh, museum in D.C., and there's a one, I think, in Mississippi, uh, have these horrible, horrible pictures yeah. of the outrage that was perpetuated against the black men and women at that point in time. Sure. Every white person in this world should be made to go see those pictures. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, and I just think that. Yeah. I just think now when people seem to be much more in tune with, um, help finding a way to make a difference for all people. Uh, no one should be left behind. No rise. one. All right. And everyone should, uh, uh, you know, embrace each other. I mean. A civility, where is civility going? I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, courtesy, I have no clue. Um, that's something I'll never change in my life. It's so, uh, I know, uh, I, I won't, because right, I got too much of my mother in me. Yeah. So this, that's not gonna happen. Um, I felt like you, you grew up a lot there, or had to, because you suddenly, you know, you're the number two pick in the draft, you find out you're, you're still in Rome, and you find out your college coach is now gonna be your pro coach, and that the franchise moving to Los Angeles. That seems like a lot that gets dumped on you all of a sudden. But you said something like you found out reading Stars and Stripes. That's, That's how right. you found out. <laughs> That's right. I read the Stars That's and Stripes. Wild. About that time, it was like three or four pages, and you could find out what was going on. You're like, my you know, life today, is <laughs> today, you can find out anything going sure. on. Sure. But I, I, did, I, didn't even found, I didn't even find out I was drafted until the next day. Okay. Okay. And think what that would have been like today. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know. Um, it was, and it's really crazy because, you know, I think some people, were you surprised that you were drafted number two? And honestly, no, I wasn't surprised. I was not, was I surprised Oscar Robertson went number one? No. Nope. No, I wasn't surprised. Nope. And are you, how are you supposed to re 
act if you know that you're going to get drafted there? How, how, how do you, and, uh, you know, was it thrilling? I knew I was going to get drafted. Sure. Uh, I think the most thrilling thing about it was when I found out that we were going to move to, to Los Angeles. That's, that's what I was wondering. Um, so you've, you've now probably been to, you know, you, like you said, you went to Kansas, you went to Chicago for the Pan Am. Now Rome, were you excited about coming to Los Angeles? Did, were you okay with the big cities and all of that? Did you, did you go, wow, Los Angeles, that sounds interesting. Well, I can remember Los Angeles then. It certainly wasn't like it is today. I'd love to hear this. And uh, <laughs> the only thing I remember when I first got here, I got back from, I got back from uh, Europe, I went to Charleston, West Virginia. The next morning, I get on a plane, fly to Los Angeles. So one day, check in this little wow. nasty motel on on uh, on Century Boulevard by the airport. All the planes going overhead. <laughs> They picking me up at about two hours later and taking me, no, about four hours later, taking me to practice. Now, look, I had gone from Europe to West Virginia to Los Angeles, get off of an airplane and practice one time. And I, my chest was just burning. I said, what in the world is this? I can't even breathe. It was smog. I, I had no idea, yeah. what, I had no idea yes. what smog was. was part of and then the next morning, Getting up and going on a 13-day road trip, uh, 14 no, 15-day road trip to play the Boston Celtics mm. 11 exhibition games. 11 game exhibition games against one team. Well, at least you got out of the smoke. Well, but you got to the point where you hated those guys. Almost every <laughs> night after the first, yeah, right. after the first what nine games, there was a fight every night. <laughs> it was awful. In um. In L.A. in that time, the sports arena had just been built, I think, in 59. Yes. So it's a, it's a new building that you get to inhabit. And uh, I only knew the sports arena as a rundown place. Was it a nice nice building? Did you enjoy it? Like, was it a... Well, it did, beautiful, did it stand it was, up better you know, than you know, most it of was, It was beautiful. Uh, you know, it was, the seats were comfortable, as far as I knew. Uh, I didn't know anything about arenas. The only thing I did was prance around the court out there. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go sit in the stand. <laughs> Uh, but it was brand, it was brand new, and there was one unique feature there. They had a counter, okay? They had a counter up in the uh, up in the high up there, and every time someone came through that counter, counter it showed. Right, yeah. And our first two regular season games we played against the New York Knicks, <clears throat> and it, uh, uh, I think the first night we had forty eight hundred plus. The next night, the next day, this was a Saturday and a Sunday, either Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. And uh, the next night, the next night, there was 4,200 and some. And all of them were rooting for the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was yeah. a little bit different in West Virginia when you go out there and, and everyone was... <laughs> Everybody's on, yeah. We did not lose a game on our home court in West Virginia and during then, my t- time there. Three years. Did not lose one home game. Wow. You didn't... The referees would... Make sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, when, uh, okay, so you're in Los Angeles, and obviously the Rams had a head start on you, and the Dodgers had probably just won a World, t- a World Series, so they're feeling good. They made you go out in cars to promote your, your, the Lakers? Not Something cars, like that? not cars, but well, trucks. It was, like, it was like a hay wagon. You get in the back, and you go in a neighborhood, and come to see us play, right? And I... <laughs> I would never say a word, okay, because I was so embarrassed. And it was embarrassing, frankly, to get behind that because in West Virginia, you couldn't even get in a game. And um, 
But uh, what neighborhoods did they pick for oh, you? Anywhere. People they could buy tickets. It was like a dog. You're running through every neighborhood, <laughs> hope someone will pat you. And uh, yeah. but it was a unique experience. Um, That's so. And then to watch the Rams and Dodgers on the first page of the newspaper. That time they had like three LA newspapers. Yeah. We were always in the last page, and I said, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> who would have ever thought?" That a this, few years later, they would be back fun. there, and one of them would be gone from town. Mm-hmm. And even the Dodgers wouldn't be on the first page. The yeah, Lakers were always on the first page. When your first year or your second year, I heard something like Baylor had to leave for a lot of games for his uh, military service. What Was he in the reserve Yeah, or he was, uh, at that point in time, he was, uh, uh, he was called up, and uh, he was up in, I think, Fort Hood. I think that's up in Washington or yeah. somewhere up there. And uh, I'll never forget, we went up and practiced with him because uh, we were about to go into the playoffs. And uh, one of the funniest things there, there's a federal prison up there. And we went over to play like an exhibition game. Oh, my goodness. McNeil Island, maybe, is what okay. it was. Uh, a long time back. I hope that's right. And we go up there, and... Uh, it was pretty funny because I, <clears throat> I said to everyone, and I, I never said anything that was funny at all. I said to everyone, I said, look, you know, whoever loses has to stay. <laughs> but it was really interesting to go through there and to see yeah. almost what we're feeling today because I feel to some degree we're being incarcerated today and, and uh, because of this virus. Mm-hmm. And important to be that way, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, uh, thank God we won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to stay. It's one way to lose a team. The um, I know you're a big boxing fan. Huge. And um, the L.A. scene was, was pretty good in those days, in the, in the early 60s. Did you, you know, go to the Olympic and, and various things to watch some of your favorites? Olympic, Olympic Auditorium. Yep. Uh, I used to go down there. I forget what night. And then when when the forum was open, I would go over there for they had a lot of big fights, a lot of big fights. But I would go to every fight if I were here. Um, even when I was a kid, uh, my my first hero was Joe Lewis. Okay, uh-huh. my second one was Ray Robinson. It wasn't right. it wasn't any other sport. Those were my two heroes, and I got to know I got to know um, a Joe just a little bit. But Ray mm-hmm. and I became. Kind of friendly. Isn't that something? Uh, fantastic man. I just loved him. And classy. Um, but uh, that's a tough sport. He, he, a he, tough. Was, he was ultimate cool. He, he was Mr. Cool. He was okay, real, but yeah. he, more, no, he was just a great guy. He was a great guy. Thank you for joining us for a very Jerry Christmas. The final episode of our four-part series with basketball legend Jerry West will air January 7th, 2021. Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by Christine Jinbo and me, Marley Rice. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc., You can find us on audio platforms everywhere and the High School Narrative iOS app. You can also view Denny's shows on Roku, Apple TV, and Fire TV. Make sure to press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. Hey, you know what else would help us grow the show? Hustle on over to patreon.com slash Denny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, 
conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. The My Stuff Bags Foundation, with the help of thousands of people across the country, provides children in unfortunate situations with new belongings and new hope through its innovative My Stuff Bags program. Heroes Movement is a nonprofit that bridges the gap from therapy to getting strong again through small group workouts for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces for free. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We want to give a big thank you to our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. Sports Stories thanks all of our followers and listeners. And we will, we will see, see you, you next time. time. Hey, thanks, Marley. Thanks, Chris. Someone told me long ago There's a calm before the storm Well, I know it's called Sports Stories, and when it's over, so they'll say, Sports Stories you know is on its way. Well, I know it's coming down like water. Kick it out, book! <laughs>